Welcome to the Pain Solutions Podcast. Dr. Wayne Fimister is a family physician with a special interest in chronic pain, whose passion is finding solutions for this epidemic problem facing one-third of the adult population. He is a clinical associate professor at the University of British Columbia in Canada and has developed one of the first online medical trigger point injection courses for doctors and nurse practitioners, a technique that is easily learned and implemented into the medical office of any doctor or nurse practitioner treating chronic pain. To get free access to Pain Solutions newsletter, blogs, and to register for his online course, simply register at www.waynefimister.com. On the podcast, Dr. Wayne brings together experts from various segments to share with you how they solve people's pain problems and how you can get this treatment too. And now, here's your host, Dr. Wayne Fimister. Well, hello, everybody, and thank you for going to this episode of the podcast show. My very special guest is Dr. Anthony Beck. Thank you for coming on, Dr. Beck. Hey, thanks for having me, man. It's nice to have an accent along with my country accent. I think we'll blend pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so Dr. Beck is the director and the founder of Balance Protocol Institute and is the dedicated to empowering individuals with knowledge that identifies and addresses the root causes of chronic illness through functional medicine. Wow, that's a real breath of fresh air to be saying that. So through his private practice and educational efforts and his writing, he empowers both patients and clinicians to stop just managing symptoms and start treating the underlying causes of illness and therefore are thereby tackling our chronic disease epidemic. He is a physician who's practiced functional medicine for over 20 years. And Dr. Beck doesn't merely manage disease, he helps people resolve them. Wonderful. So, Dr. Beck, let's just start right at the beginning before we dive into this balanced protocol. Uh, Tell us a little bit about you. You know, where did you grow up? Where did you go to university and med school, et cetera? Well, you know, the big thing about me is, is, you know, I get asked those kind of questions all the time. It's all out there in the info space. And, you know, people oftentimes want to hear the token stuff of all the credentials and things like that. For me, I've really stay away from all that because I've learned over the years that people want to know a couple of things. Number one, do you care? And number two, can you help them? Right. And, you know, the same thing, it doesn't matter, you know, where you went to school or what position you graduated with. Yes, I was cum laude. But the bottom line is, is that it just, no one cares about that. Everybody gets the same title and approach, right? So what is important though, is where I come from. I'm in the middle of uh, writing my book, so I just wrote this chapter, so I'm prepared for that spontaneous question. I was just down in uh, South Florida. I checked into a hotel for three days so I could finish my book. Operation Get the Damn Book Written. I didn't fail, but I was unable to complete the mission at this time. There's too much stuff in there. And one of the chapters I did put in there is my background story. Most people get into their fields because of some story. I mean, I'm a country boy from North Carolina, Central Region, born in Wilmington, grew up in Fayetteville, Charlotte, Lumberton, mid-state kind of stuff. If we're all I'm in Central Florida now, so we're getting ready to dodge this hurricane and probably going to go get my, my home state. Anyway, so I digress. The thing is, is that so I grew up humble means a big part of my backstory and who I am today is because of my mother. She was a type one diabetic induced by doctors giving her a steroid shot for a nasal infection. Little did they know it was fungal based, put her to coma. She comes out, her pancreas no longer produces insulin. Just take shots, you know, that's for life. On top of that, she was an alcoholic and she smoked two to three packs of more cigarettes. 
every day, these big long browns. I'll never forget mom smoking these big old long, you know, woman version cigarettes, you know. She had some health concerns, you know, over her time. But the good news is when I was about 11 years old, 12, she went and got that white chip and was sober the rest of her life. And uh, two years later, stopped smoking cold turkey, never relapsed. My mom was a tough lady. She managed hotels and resorts, didn't make a whole lot of money doing that. So we still lived in a single wide trailer out in the country and, uh, you know, raised ducks and had some chicken and all that kind of fun stuff. No big mammals. But the point is, is so uh, I would go to work with her and, you know, she put me back in the restaurant part of the hotel and I got a first love with food and beverage. I was in there for a few years, you know, just helping and doing stuff like that. By the time I was 14, 15, I was actually working uh, on the line and cooking and doing fun stuff like that. And so my first career was going to be food and beverage. So I was a chef for 12 years, you know, love that. But then I was like, oh, man, these are the days in the early 90s, you know, top one came out. And I fell in love, man. My dad was a, who had, my mom and dad divorced when I was five, but so my dad back in the day, um, he was in the Navy. And, uh, you know, I've always had a love for the sea. And I'm like, you know what? That would be cool to jump off of a aircraft carrier for a living. You know, so I was, so I finished my senior year in high school in Vietnam, North Carolina, also known as Fayetteville, was a big army base there, 82nd Airborne. And uh, so I was around the military, had it kind of in my influence. And I was like, you know what? Well, I'm going to go to start off at Old Dominion University. I went here the ROTC program. I was going to uh, fly jets for the Navy or Marine Corps. But fast forward, blah, 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 you know, that didn't work out because of some lady that I married who remained nameless. We had a 16-year run. I got a beautiful daughter out of it. It's pretty cool. So the thing is, is that I had to punt, had to shift. Thank goodness, you know, my understudy and stuff was more in sports medicine, exercise, phys. And so I loved the way the body worked and that kind of fun stuff. And then fat. So that's my background kind of went into it. The long and short of it is, is that's the important part is I have stories in my life that I've seen people in, go through pain and suffering due to health issues. Thank goodness I don't have that story. So many other people have their personal story of overcoming. Well, I was able to make good observations, and I've been lovely and delicious my whole life, man. I had a a couple of arms, you know, doing crazy stuff, you know, as as a young man, and some fingers, and ruptured my flexor tendon trying to dunk a a little ball showing off for the girls. And when I was in uh, senior year of high school, had to have, you know, reconstructive surgery on my joystick right hand. So (laughs) I've done some stupid stuff, but nothing like health wise. I've always really been um, in that space. So that's where I come from, man. That's the big thing I want people to know is, is that humble beginnings, humble means very uh, environmentally oriented food, diet, nutrition, mindset, all those, what I call my four factors. That's really what the answer to that question is. Mm. Okay. So you've obviously had lots of life experience. Wonderful to hear. And now you're at the place of your teaching and promoting and um, the book that you just mentioned, is that about this balance protocol? That that will be the name of the book. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's go back to basics. What is balance protocol? Well, you know, the thing is, is so I'm going on a little over 25 years now. So the thing is, is that about five years in to seeing patients, I was like, okay, well, hold on a second. I'm seeing and recognizing some patterns, right? Trying to understand stuff. And I'm being from, you know, my country background and stuff. We look at nature, we watch animals, we try to figure things out of why they're doing, right? And so my brain was always wired to ask questions out of presupposed statements, And so the thing for me was, is I saw these certain patterns 
prevailing in just about every clinical case. And I didn't really like the, you know, the giving a, an herb or a homeopathic or an injection or a token diet that's presupposed that everybody does well on. I've always said that my patients have been my greatest teachers, you know, and I listened to them. I never rushed through the thing. And so actually listening to them, you know, if I have to invoke a little Sir William Oster, he says, if you listen to the patient, they'll give you the diagnosis, right? So I'm like, oh, imagine that. You see, I got a gift of gab. It's an Irish thing. That's also <laughs> So I do listen as much as I talk. I promise you that. So I hung, I, one of the things I did early on was hang up the lab coat stethoscope and just, you know, talk a while and find out what's going on with what's going on with the patient. What's their background story? What's important to them? What there's going on? And there were so many different stories, so many different combinations, but yet it would manifest in these same clinical complaints of migraines and psoriasis and IBS and rheumatoid arthritis. And there was all these different diseases that people would have, quote unquote, but different things got them to that. So I'm like, well, hold on. What are the common threads? You know, it's kind of like doing a, a meta-analysis of the literature, right? When we go back and try to do a cohort and say, okay, well, let's go back and chop it up. So that's where it came into being. I said, well, hold on a second. I see a little pattern here, real simple way of approaching these things. And that's where balance protocol came from. It wasn't created. It was just observed. And so it's basically what I call a two, three, five, eight framework. So I always realized that you can't just, okay, well, stop eating this and stop eating that and don't eat this and don't eat that. So the remove, but sometimes you do some of those things and you can't just go here you know, you with pain, right? Well, here's some fever few, here's some turmeric, here's some fish oils, right? Because the thing is, is people would add those and not remove the other stuff and they wouldn't get the results. So I'm like, hold on a second. It's always and. What do you have to add and what do you have to remove? But you just don't, you know, go, that's what I call the two questions. Then the three is my three phases. So that also I found out in the health and wellness space, people love the detox. So I realized that when I detox people first, they all complained. Oh, and they go, oh, well, that's just a Herxheimer reaction. You're just, that's approving. And, right, and I'm going, hold on a minute. It should not be miserable, right? It's just not the way that works, right? So I realized that you shouldn't detox first. The three stands for nourish, balance, purify. So I realized what you always want to do is nourish and build up the patient. Take the time to correct their environment, their lifestyle, their mindset, and their nutrition. All of them by what do we got to add, what do we have to remove? And build them up so then you can start to expect the body to come into balance. So we can balance neurotransmitters, various inflammatory pathways, and various you know hormones and stuff. You can't balance anything unless you got them nourished, right? And then last but not least is the purify. So then you can work on biotransformation. So there was an order of operations, doing the right things, but doing them in the right order how that works. So then the five of the two, three, five, eight is what I call the five causes. Everybody will come in the world and they'll be like, well, listen, got to talk root cause. They love that vernacular. I hear that all the time. And they'll go, well, the root cause is leaky gut. No, it's not. What's the cause of the leaky gut? Like those of us who have kids, we go, why, 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 dad, why, why, why? So you got to ask why at least three times. Well, leaky gut. Well, why do you have leaky gut? Well, some people go, well, it's because of the gluten and it releases the zonulin and you lose your tight junctions. And then, but the question is, well, well, why is that? Right? Well, it's because you're eating those things. And I'm like, well, hold on a second. Why is it that so many people can eat those things and don't, don't have that reaction? I know I don't. I'm from North Carolina. You know, gluten's a food group. <laughs> so biscuits baby but anyway so I don't have a problem with that so that can't work out 
So I realized that we have to take a look at causation and there's no such thing as inflammation as a cause. Nope, that's a result. And quite frankly, we need inflammation. That's the body's natural response to healing. You know, you cut your finger and it gets inflamed. Well, as it should. <laughs> you don't have to think, well, I cut my finger. Let's send some calcium and some thrombocytes to the third phalangeal. You don't have to think. It spontaneously does it. So there's only five causes that I have found, and they're real simple. So nutritional deficiencies, stressors, microbes, allergens, or toxins. That's it. They all come in one of those five categories. So those five causes, right? And so nutritional deficiencies, I mean, if whether it be B12, zinc, copper, L-cysteine, tyrosine, phenylalanine, or, you know, ALA, whatever. The bottom line is, is over time, if you have nutrient deficiencies, systems don't work well. And so then you have a downstream effect and that manifests in the inflammation or other things. But it was started from that. Number two are stressors. And I don't mean just psychological stress. Stressors can be aberrant light spectrums, messing with your circadian rhythm. And then that affects your clock genes and your BMOL and your PER and that kind of stuff. And then the body then responds, right? It could be electromagnetic fields. It could be, you know, microwave radiation. It could be body voltage. It could be sound and vibration and, you know, vibroacoustic diseases come from energetic sources. So stressors are things that are stressors, right? It could be psychological, of course, you know, everything's made up in your brain. Number three are microbes. I think people are pretty familiar with that one, bacteria, virus, parasites, they do crazy stuff in the body. They poop and pee in you and suck off them and looking for disease. Allergens, same thing, loss of tolerance when your immune system's in upheaval, the cytokines, all that other kind of fun stuff, the IGs and that kind of fun stuff. And then last but not least, of course, toxins. So phthalates and bisphenols and formaldehydes and things like that. Heavy metals are crazy, right? So all of those, and it's rarely ever one. So I go, well, hold on a second. We should assess every patient for those five things. Imagine that, not just pick a niche, that which is the thing that I'm learning now as a healer to come into the marketing space to you know, share my voice and stuff. And I'm learning terms like funnels and avatars and niches and million dollar message and, and lead magnets. And I'm like going, oh, so basically you want to pick one thing that you're really good at and tell everybody that's the cause of everything. No wonder Gundry tells everybody it's lectins and he's full of, right? No wonder this person says it's oxalates and this one says it's phytates and this one say, oh, you got to eat carnivore and this one says you got to eat vegan. I'm like going, well, where's the biochemical individuality? So I realized that those five things can cause just about any disease, either singly or collectively. So that was a pattern I recognized. I said, why leave any of them out? Check all of them. You know, you know, you go in and you don't just want the four point inspection on your car. You want the 21. You follow me? So then the eight systems, you just don't want to go, oh, we're going to work on the GI. All wellness begins and ends in the GI and it's 90% of your immune system. You know, all these half cocked parroted that everybody is taught to say. It's not true at all. Disease doesn't start in the gut, right? Remember, you had to choose the food and swallow it and put it in there. You know, you can't just walk up by a box of, you know, gluten-rich flour and your gut gets leaked, right? So it's, it's the environment, right? It's air, it's water, it's light, it's sound, it's EMF and nutrition. So that's key number one. That's of the eight systems, that's the first one. Air, water, light, sound, EMF, and food, all of those. That's where those five causes are presented, then number two is the GI. That's the second step. Then number three is, of course, you know, mind, cognition, thinking, you know, beliefs. You know, it's a powerful thing. You know, the biology of belief is real. That's why in science we have to account for placebo. 
Of course, we don't account for nocebo because you say, nope, nope, that's not going to, nope, 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 nope. So three is the mind. And then number four, that's when the immune system comes into play and these inflammatory pathways. And there's a lot of them. Some we need, some we don't need. Then number five is structural. So not only this, what are your cell membranes made up of? What's the chemistry in the phospholipid bilayer? How many omega-3, 6s, and sat fats, and what's their ratio and concentration is going in those membranes is going to determine how drugs go in and out, how minerals efflux in and out, right? And that's why I like, you know, in pain management, I know you think you're too about that, right? You know, we use ionophoresis. We'll use electrical current to drive medications through areas that we can't otherwise get to. So we use electricity to drive it through these membranes. Well, because those membranes have a chemistry. So... Then also musculoskeletal. I mean, some things are structural, right? I mean, if you bang your body up in a acceleration, deacceleration, or concussion or something like that, you have a physical trauma, it's a structural component. Then we move on to the energy production and oxidative stress, right? So how your body manages those chemicals, I call them, all the way from Rebecca. ROS, reactive oxygen species, how the electrons move in, in your body and in your mitochondria along the respiratory proteins and out itself. But again, so your cells have a structure and a composition, so do the organelles inside. There's a whole bunch of people out there that are picking the age of mitochondrial. Bam. And I'm going, well, you know, I'm not a mitochondriac, I'm a endoplasmic reticulum act. I'm a Golgi apparatus act. In other words, you can't just go and pick one cool, sexy niche inside the cell and make everything about, like, say, the mitochondria. All those other organelles, they have structure and function, and they move these molecules. So you've got to assess them. And the cool thing is, is we have laboratory assessments where we can look at the chemicals that they make or not. And we can see if they're dysfunctional enough. They're part of that picture of being manifested of injury by those five causes. Number seven is neurotransmitters and hormones. I do a lot of work with the military special forces here in the States, and these guys will come back from being deployed, and they're all blown up. It's a medical term. You, son, you're all blown ups. Anyways, the thing is, is they do all these breaches, and they're blowing off explosives. They're getting shot. You know, their Humvees are getting blown up by IEDs in the road, and it just boggles the mind. I mean, it literally rattles it like playing, you know, if you've ever played the game Boggle. It rattles their brains. They have physical damage to their hypothalamus, their pituitary, and things like that. And so their production and regulation of the neurosteroids from cholesterol all the way down, pregnenolone, you know, testosterone, estrogen, so forth and so on, cortisol, is busted up because of a physical trauma. See, that's why we fix that up front before we get to tweaking these numbers. The hormones are in play. And so then if the hormones are not being produced or regulated, you're going to have manifestation in problems, depression, anxiety, muscle skeletal aches and pains, all kinds of stuff. So then last but not least, section number eight of the 2358 is biotransformation and detoxification. Your bowels, your liver, your kidney, your lymph, your blood. You have to, you have to support them all. All those biotransformation pathways. I don't even really like the word detox, never have. Because it kind of makes it like it's so easy to just like rinse something out, like smoothie. It's just going up there. The body has to biotransform. I mean, we've got tears, boogers, spit, earwax, sweat, poop, pee, genital secretions. So many ways to get stuff out of the body, right? So it's just one big detoxification bomb. The bottom line is, is we need to uh, support those systems. 
no matter what the approach is. So that's the two, three, five, eight. That's the pattern. That's what it all boils down to. I appreciate you giving me time to just pontificate on it. It's pretty amazing because it's not one thing. You have to do all eight systems. All systems of the body are covered within those eight, bar none. Okay. In consideration of the five causes, assess those and address those. But in what order? That's the nurse bounds purify. And by always asking why, why? So that's what bounds protocol is in a nutshell. It is a framework. It is a method approach that globally encompasses every particular aspect. That's it. Well, listen, thank you so much first for your passion for this, you know, your observation skills and uh, your life experience, which I think led you to jumping outside even the functional medicine world to create your own perception of what illness is and how we end up where we are with all these medical problems. Yeah. And I, you know, I really look forward to getting my hands on your book when it comes out. So uh, you got to work hard at those weekends oh, man, away. I'm, I'm grinding, baby. The, the <laughs> struggle is real. <laughs> writing, they say writing a book is really easy. Finishing a book, that's the hard part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the additions and the revisions. And that's, that's the funny thing, man, is, is that in the book also, I tell the tale of why it took me so damn long to write the book. I have to just be a little vulnerable and say one of the reasons why is because I had a very limiting belief. And it was because I see so many people out there now holding themselves out as experts in their niche, the niche pickers. And they're just cranking out books. And I know a lot of these people, truth be told, a lot of them, they've been my patients. Their dogma wasn't fixing. They came to fix them, but they couldn't abandon all the marketing platforms. They don't want everybody to know that, you know, they're saying they're a vegan, but they're not anymore. It's just saying. But anyways, the bottom line is they'll write a book on something they just learned maybe a couple of years ago, but now they're an author. So now they're an authority. So then now it's a mechanism that just turned me off. And I just, for so many years now, I haven't wanted to get out there. But people had to remind me, listen, Doc, listen, you've been out here a long time. You're bona fide. Get your damn book, man. And I said, okay. So I had to, I had to take my own uh, mindset work. I had to do the work. So well, welcome to the book author club. <laughs> I know. It's tough, man. Amazing. Listen, it's been a thrill to talk with you, uh, Dr. Beck, and get to know you a little bit. And I will be getting your book when it comes out. Just any final comments for you know our audience who can get their hands on the book as well? It's called Balance Protocol. Am I correct? Yep. And there'll be a subtitle. Got to yeah. come up with something clever. So I am a capitalist. So, you know, we do want to make it fun and appealing. Well, of course. And you know, the, the, the final thing on that, I guess I would yeah. say, and I appreciate you letting me, you know, probably just focus time on other things. But the big message that if I want people to know out there is that there are people that do know what they're doing. Don't try to go all natural. Don't try to just be all holistic. You know, don't poo-poo medicine. Medicine's got their own problems and it's well known. Okay. Their, medicine today is the third leading cause of death, period. Okay. That's the truth. Cardiovascular disease, cancer, then doctors. They, they kill the hell out of people. Okay. You go to hospitals to die. I don't mean irreverent, but that's the bottom line. But that doesn't mean though, that we don't have all the benefit that comes from it. And it comes to working with certain things. Cause when you're in a whole bunch of pain, sometimes you're going to have to use some conventional means. And we've got all kinds of toolbox. It's huge. You know, uh, when it comes to, you know, photobiomodulation, to acupuncture, to a needle, to injection, all kinds of fun stuff. The, the hyperbaric is is that you've got to always remember that you're a category of one. 
that you have a biochemical individuality and a genetic uniqueness and a lifestyle and environment unique to you. You can't compare the character to a story. They should just empower you quest. Look to what makes you different and what your, your disease is not. The disease, you know, that name it, blame it, claim it, tame it game is it's a red herring, right? And don't do things without proper full quantification of all systems. If your pain is manifesting in your neck, don't think that that's the only place that's going to be getting some things downstream. Yes, go to treat that and get some you know, palliative relief. But the bottom line is, is the message I try to tell people is that you're special, you're unique, do a more complex workup, qualify, quantify, measure and monitor. Always remember it's context, 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 and realize it's going to take a lot of work. There's no pill, potion or power that's just going to get her done. You have to do a lot of dynamic changing. So that's the big shtick of balance protocol and my message to people. I'm not the only one who's like you and a bunch of people know a lot more damn stuff than I do, right? And we have to force multiplier. We have to share stories, do what we can, but you know, really encourage people to realize that it's on their shoulders and they're responsible for their health. They're the only person who can get them well. Well, again, thank you so much. <laughs> a pleasure. Thank you, brother. You have a good day. Wonderful. Bye for now.